We've been looking at the Beatitudes the last couple of weeks, um, calling this the upside-down world of Jesus. Jesus' values, his core teaching, is very much a contrast to the way our world uh, normally works. We've looked at a couple, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Last week, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And then today, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And I think this third beatitude is, is very much a contrast. It's a countercultural message. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. When we look at our world, when we read our news feeds, whatever they might be, we don't see this working out. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. More and more, for example, in our world, we're getting this uh, challenge, really, between the U.S. and China, these two world powers beginning to face off more and more. And neither of these countries are weak. It's to the strong, you know, is the victory. So... Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. This is not the way our world normally works. So it's it's a good example of how Christ's teaching uh, calls us to something that is quite different. This third beatitude leans a lot on the first. So the first and third beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, they, they, they resonate together both encouraging us to place our trust in God, to lean on God whatever we pass through, whatever challenge we are facing, to keep leaning on God and not to give up on God because we now have a new hurdle. Life is full of challenges. Whether we follow Jesus or not, the the challenges are there. Christ himself had all kinds of challenges as he pursued his ministry. So we're not free from that. But we're called to keep leaning on God, no matter what the issue might be. So Edward Farrell writes, meekness is the counterculture to which Christ calls us. No one really wants the last place. No one scrambles to get it. No one wants the job no one else chooses. So we we see that in our world, and we even see it in the church. I mean, no one wants the last place. No one is scrambling to get it. You know, we're not all lining up to do the job that no one else wants to do. So it, that's, it's there in our world and even within our church. So how do we hear the statement of Christ, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So this third beatitude. As we've noted, the Beatitudes all fall into three parts, and the first is an opening phrase which remains the same, blessed. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who keep focused on God through it all. So like Moses, he's called a meek person. He keeps his eyes on God through all the ups and downs and craziness of the nation of Israel, Moses stays focused. Job, even in tragedy, says, even though I perish, I will follow. 
So I will follow. We sang this at our service last week outside. I will follow. So it's an inveterate faith, a resolute trust in God to work in our behalf and not to react. We are so prone to react. Something happens and we just react. Emotion, we react. Some physical thing happens, we react. And, and, and the spiritual life is all about trying to encourage us and, and make the way clear so that we do not always react. We pause, we think, we determine our, our movement forward. It's not just a reaction. And so if we are blessed by God, if God is seeing us as blessed, then we are encouraged to not simply react. When Jesus is arrested, he he goes with the soldiers. He he goes through that. He, He determines what are the next steps. When Pilate wants him to say something, he chooses not to respond. Just a minimal. It's same with Herod. It's, it's a determination. It's, it's not just a reaction. So blessed are the meek. So who are the blessed? Well, the, the meek are blessed and we're invited to be part of that group. So the first part of the uh, triad that we have here, the opening phrase, is blessed. No matter what. So I like the statement of John the Baptist in the Gospels when somebody comes to him and talks about Christ, John's reaction is, well, he must increase and I must decrease. That's a realistic view of his world. I am the one to announce the Messiah. I am very popular right now, but I am not the Messiah. He must increase. I must decrease. It's a realistic view. God is God. He is creator. I am creature. And I am called to trust in him no matter what. Because we are blessed. Those are the Beatitudes. So specifically, who is the target group here? Well, the target group is the meek. And, you know, we think of that as... you know, a charged biblical word used a lot, pros, the Greek. But it's interesting that Matthew is the only one of the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, Luke, who even uses the word, and Matthew only uses it three times. So even though we hear it and we think, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's somehow related to Jesus in the way of knowing him, that it's all over the place, well, it's not. It's a very specific word, and it's rendered often as gentle, humble, considerate, courteous. Those are the ways of meekness. Gentle, humble, considerate, courteous. Two of the three examples go like this. Matthew eleven twenty eight twenty nine. 29. This is an important piece because Christ is speaking about himself. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. That's the word prose. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So Jesus is saying, I am this way. This word prose, this characteristic, I am. I am gentle and humble in heart. So that's a core value of who Jesus is. That's number one. In Matthew 21, 5, we have the Palm Sunday text which says, Tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble, that's pros, and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt the foal of a donkey. I am coming, the king is coming, Matthew is saying. And Zechariah, years before, a king is coming to you, humble. So the king is not coming on a mighty stallion, this conquering Caesar, he is coming as a gentle, humble person, and he is the one who brings in in the kingdom of God. So again, it's it's very much a contrast. Not the generals of our world who, you know, can speak a word and thousands can die right away. Gentle, humble. Prose is not about weakness. It's not about timidity. We're we're not to make meekness that. Because Christ was not weak. Christ was not timid. Rather, it's a patient trusting in God. A few weeks back, we looked at Psalm 37. And Psalm 37 maybe is the best commentary on this beatitude of meekness. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth, comes from Psalm 37. So what does the psalmist say? Well, he describes these folk as people who trust in the Lord and do good, so you will live in the land and enjoy security. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. So he's saying, look to the Lord in that way. And what is really important for you will come about. But but it's not saying that all the things of the world, it's a contrast. Again, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. We've looked at some of these verses. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. So prous, meekness, is not a passivity, but it's a patient trust in God. It is a contentment in our possession-hungry world where we want more, 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 and more. We are to take delight in God's free gifts that we can enjoy this beautiful creation. We can all enjoy this. We don't have to own it. Meekness is also a deep commitment to nonviolence. So teachers of this way are, are, we can look at Gandhi, we can look at Martin Luther King, these were individuals who took up the cause of meekness, of nonviolence, but they were strong individuals. So meekness, this third beatitude, blessed are the meek. So what, what, in summing up, what is it about? I'll give you a few suggestions here. Well, meekness is about humility. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus is humble. He's honest. 
He knows who he is. So meekness is related to humility. Meekness is also related to self-control because it is not about reacting. It's about determining what is the best choice. It's not just reaction. So it's it's about self-control, meekness. It's just all different windows into that word. Meekness is also related to silence. It's not saying whatever we want. You know, it's not Jesus standing before Herod and Herod wanting Jesus to do tricks and, and Jesus just looks at him. Like, what are you talking about, man? He won't do tricks for Herod. He won't even speak to him. It's just such a chasm between the two of them. Jesus won't even respond. So silence is related to me. Kindness. Jesus comes and he reaches out and he reaches out to the poor and to the hurting, to those who are marginalized in our world. Jesus brings acts of kindness and tenderness. That's meekness. And finally, meekness is related to obedience. If we say we know God and we position ourselves before him, then obedience is about listening It makes sense that we listen to what God is saying, to what Jesus is saying. All of that, those different colors of the rainbow, if you like, all of those different shades have to do with meekness. Blessed are those who are meek. So then we need to think about humility. We need to think about self-control, about silence, about kindness, about obedience, to hear and to serve God. Those are all parts of this third beatitude, blessed are the meek. So a great example in my mind is indeed the the individual Gandhi. Gandhi, who identified with the lowest caste in the Indian nation of India, their system. In the lowest caste, those were the ones who cleaned out the toilets all around And I I think it's a very powerful symbol and picture of Gandhi determining that everywhere he went, he went and cleaned out toilets. He cleaned out toilets as an example of how the nation can come together and overcome this caste system and people can be united. So he would do what others would not do who wanted to do that job who wants to clean out a toilet, an outhouse. Gandhi would do that. And it's also interesting, even as Gandhi became more and more well-known, when the powerful of the world wanted to meet with him, he would always determine the, the place. And the place would always be in a poor neighborhood. He made everybody come to see him, and he wanted them to see the poverty of India. He wanted them to see the poor, the hurting. So he just demanded that. If you want to meet me, then you've got to meet me here. Otherwise, we won't meet. Again, it's an example of the power of, of meekness. So not timidity, not passivity, not being weak. That's not what meekness is about. Meekness is strength. 
has power of its own. So in our own church, are, you know, are we willing to serve others? Are we willing to be meek? Or, or do we want the position of power over? Who will take up the jobs that no one else wants to do? Frequent, we don't want, we don't want to do it because we think we're better than that. I, I, I'm, that's not a good job for me. I'm better than that. But meekness is part of the Beatitudes. So will we pursue meekness, value meekness, because Christ values meekness? His kingdom values meekness. God values meekness. If we all treated each other with respect and with this attitude of meekness, it would be a pretty encouraging place to be part of. The world would be much better, would it not? Instead of bombing everybody, bombing people into suppression. I was reading a bit on the Second World War and towards the end of the war with Japan, the Americans had a big bomb run. And prior to the, the nuclear bomb, and they sent over a massive number of B-52s dropping bombs. And the numbers on that were 100,000 Japanese citizens, not soldiers, citizens, were baked, incinerated to death. 100,000, just like that. Happened over like six hours, they estimate. I mean, that's, that's the power over. So is it any surprise that violence has come back on America's head and there's so many killings every day? I mean, it's just, it's just a bounce back for what's been going on for years. So meekness. With that in mind, where do we go? The paradigm, the third part, is the reward. The reward is to have your own space promises that the meek will inherit the earth, not just a piece of property, but the entire earth. Paul says, I possess nothing, but I I enjoy everything. So the meek will inherit the earth, Psalm 37, 11. So Jesus is knowing this psalm, he borrows from this psalm, and he says this is the way we are to be in the kingdom of God, meek. And meekness raises up this idea of hope, because if we will inherit the earth then there will be something to inherit and we go forth in hope. So our horizon is one of hope, not negativity. Hope. So we need to hold on to that, claim that as we go forward. So three pieces we might hang on to as we end this this first, well, this consideration, third beatitude. This, I think, is a beautiful idea. That in spite of our failures and inconsistencies and pride, God is meek towards us. God is a meek God. God is a God who waits and waits and waits for you. Waits for you to turn. He is meek. The father reaching out and running to see his son who's returning. This is a picture of God's patience In God's forgiveness, God is meek towards us. So if God is meek towards us, then we are invited to be meek towards one another. 
God's meekness. Secondly, we inherit the earth because of what Christ has done. Our inheritance comes through Jesus. So Paul writes in Ephesians 1, we are marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance towards redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. Our inheritance comes through Jesus. We we don't earn our inheritance. We recognize our frailty, our brokenness. With a meek heart, we come and look to God. And our inheritance comes through Jesus. Not because we've checked off 20 things and somehow we earned our place now. Our inheritance is always through Christ. And then thirdly and finally, our our meekness draws people. Our gentle attitude draws people, but it doesn't just draw people to us. It draws them beyond us to Christ. It draws people beyond us to love. And God is a God of love. He is there for us, waits for us. But our meekness is an important piece in drawing people, so we want to be a center for the community. Well, what better than meekness? An attitude of meekness. It is not always to our advantage to want to be strong, strong, strong in some way that we are dominating others and we are seeing the best over everybody else. That's not what will draw people. People of other faiths around us will be drawn by gentleness and humility and love and respect for who they are. just makes sense. So our meekness drives people past us to Christ. So it's a very important characteristic of the kingdom of God. So there we've said a bunch of words on meekness. But to close, let me, let me read a prayer because maybe this prayer pictures it a lot better than anything I've said. And this is a prayer of St. Francis. You know it. We'll have it there on screen. So St. Francis created, set up the order of Franciscans, poverty, poor, reaching out in real-time service, He writes, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. That's a pretty good picture of what meekness is about. So may we hold on to that prayer. Pursue this way of Jesus. I am the way. I am this meek way. That's the way that we are to follow. In Christ's name, amen.